Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. All right, this is the John Smith Show. It is Wednesday night, so that means one thing. We've got Tom on location. Tom Shire is with us. How are you doing, Tom? Good. How about yourself? Good. And we got Julia Martinez to my right. How are you doing, Julia? Great. Thanks for having Good. me. Of course. Absolutely. She's here in studio. So, uh, guys, we're going to be talking about uh, just everything that's been going on recently in the past few days, just about big tech censoring the right. And uh, so that's kind of the topic today. And then we're going to get into a little bit about um, talk a little bit about the follow up of last night. I talked to Tyke uh, last night and he was at the rally and what he said he saw doesn't line up with what uh, the narrative uh, is being pushed out there in the media. So, uh, Tom, you brought a, uh, a video to my attention and we'll share that as well. So, guys. I don't know where you want to start, uh, but uh, I think a good place to start might be uh, with a small clip from Jack. What do you think? Sounds good to me. And Jack, of course, that's Jack uh, Dorsey from Twitter. Oh, love that guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a class act. In fact, I think he's wearing like half of a sweater on his head. (laughs) I noticed that. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think he partakes in a little bit of the, you know. Maybe more than once a day. Let's he's just in put tech. that. He's in he tech. has cataracts, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. his back hurts. All right, so this is the first clip from Jack. You talk a lot about prioritization. You know, when you're the CEO of two companies, you really have to focus in on what matters most. Um, what would you say is your number one priority at Twitter right now? It sounds like this is one issue you're thinking about, but, but what would you say is top of the list? Uh, conversational health. Um, in incentivizing more healthy contribution to the public conversation. Um, we've, we've seen uh, abuse, we've seen harassment, we've seen people leave our platform because of it, we've seen voices being silenced uh, because of what's happening on the service, and um, that, is, that is number one. Like, we can't build a, a platform of speech, a platform of conversation, uh, and a service um, that will remain relevant to people if people don't feel safe to speak up in the first place. Now, I don't know how much you paid attention to that or caught what he was saying. But what I took he took uh, from what he was saying is the fact that people are being kind of chased off Twitter or they're being silenced by other people. Mm-hmm. So in order to allow those people to speak and to have the freedom of speech on his platform, you've got to silence others. Right. And to me, that's kind of sugar-coated fascism. It's not free speech. No, it absolutely is. I mean, his entire talk there was about free speech, but he's also over-talking himself around not having to allow free speech to allow one side to be able to speak. It's complete hypocrisy. Exactly. You know, it's interesting to watch people that get that, um, that much power in their hands, what they do with it. Yes. It, it is. I'm not sure if everybody else realizes how few people are at the top of big tech 
and how much power half a dozen people have over not our country but our our world in a lot of ways it's we don't have we don't need to silence some to let others speak we need to teach everyone how to communicate yeah exactly you don't silence one group to allow the other group to speak that's not how it works in and this isn't like uh, they're in a room where they're shouting each other down, right? Right. This is written. So if for whatever reason you don't have, uh, you feel that you don't have a voice on Twitter, that doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> like how do you get shouted down or how do you get silenced on, by another Twitter person when it's all in writing? It doesn't right. make any sense. I mean, I understand that you can say something that... Uh, uh, you know, there's there's millions and millions of people on Twitter. So you might say something that offends 10,000 people and those 10,000 people may respond to your tweet with response tweets and it might not be nice, but that doesn't mean you have to read them and see what I think is so bizarre with people that are on Twitter and, and that are on social media. What is so bizarre to me is they feel the necessity they feel it's a necessity to read the responses to what they're saying if they don't get enough likes their butt hurt right if they don't have enough friends or if they don't have enough followers it impacts their ability to survive you know and so it's an internal popularity contest uh, at at this point it's really uh, quite sad uh, how many people just you know get depressed when they, they they don't get those likes or those follows. They have to go in and read every comment, and I do like to go in and read those comments. That you know, because a lot of my posts are you know controversial to say the least. Um, right. and, you know, I get a lot of feedback and a lot of kickback, but you know, one thing I always do is I do like to go read them because I want to understand from the other side. But as soon as you get somebody cornered into a fact then all of a sudden it becomes a name calling competition or, and that's when they start, you know, cussing you out and say, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You're closed minded. You don't want to see it from this view. And you know, they're doing exactly what they're accusing you of. They don't want to open their mind to the conversation unless they're leading the conversation. That's right. And any opposition to the, to their points of view or their, you know, their ideology, that's when the, if you can't win in the argument of like the arena of ideas, then you be, you make it personal, right? Then you begin to attack that person. And you just, I I don't know. I, I just don't understand. Like Jack Dorsey is basically saying we need to silence this group. So this other group can be heard. And that is sugarcoating fascism. That is no different than, you know, uh, it, it's been going around on the web now for a few days. People have been using this term, but they're talking about a uh, digital ghetto. And basically mm-hmm. uh, they want to move people like Trump supporters, people like QAnon supporters, whatever, you know, even though I'm not a QAnon supporter, but they want to take people that don't agree with the popular left-wing narrative and they want to, kind of put them behind the wall like they did back in the thirties and they want to take, right. you know, and they, they want like they did to the Jews. You can live your life, but you can't live your life in our society. We are going to create a new society for you. And that's just the beginning. Right. Right. If you have a conservative voice, basically you're going to have to go through, you know, what do they call it? The dark web to be able to, to talk to 
to speak your mind. You know, I right. think you posted that article today. You know, I was able to read through that, you know, about it's really scary how many, you know, big tech companies or, you know, there's three major ones that pretty much run the entire show. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they don't agree with you, they can kick you off. Now they say you can go over to these other little bitty platforms, but they're still having to partner up with uh, Amazon or Google or somebody else like that. So at any point they can be taken down as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I like uh, phoenixsocialnetwork.org. I think it's a cool little place. But anytime I've logged on, the most people that have been on at one time is 50 people. Zuckerberg mm-hmm. has billions right. at any given time. So you've got 50 people that you can try to communicate to, or you you can try to communicate to, to billions. And they will continue to shut these people down. In fact, um, their website has been running extremely slow. You're lucky if you can even log on. So there's something going on. Now, I know a lot of people are flocking over there. A lot of right. people are signing up and the same with uh, the Gab, you know, Gab.com people. I think mm-hmm. 10,000 people a minute right. are signing up to that. That's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Now, thank God Gab has their own, uh, they've got their own uh, servers. So they cannot be controlled. They can't be shut down by someone like Amazon, you know, that right. shut down parlor. They can't, however, uh, individual uh, cable companies or internet providers can block those sites from from you being able to see them. Right. Like they do in China. Like they do in China and, you know, other communist nations. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, the the reality of it is this, is that we as conservatives, we will be cast behind the wall. That's the first move. Yeah, you can say whatever you want to say but you're not going to say it on our platform. You're going to have to go digitally behind, you know, into the digital ghetto and live over there and communicate over there. But that's always the beginning. Remember Mm -hmm. what's the next step. What happens after that? Right. And what's what people don't understand is yes, right now it is conservative voices. That's the uh, uh, you know, that's, that's the flavor of the week right now is conservative voices. You know, Donald Trump, President Donald Trump has been leading the headlines for the last four years. You know, these big, uh, big companies are feeding off of his ratings. What's going to happen when he starts going to the wayside? You know, now they don't now they don't have that common enemy. They're going to have to find a new enemy. What is that new enemy's voice going to be? You know, how are they going to silence that one? Who gets to choose who the enemy is at what point? That's right. And who gets to decide what hate speech is? You know, we've talked about that. You know, Jack says, well, we can't have hate speech on Twitter. Well, what is hate speech? And who decides that? It's still not defined except by them and what they deem is hate speech. That's right. And they look at each, like, every instance on an individual basis. Oh, this person committed hate speech. Off he goes. But the next person doesn't really know what that person said or did because he's been vaporized. So the next person is either going to say something something similar or some different type of hate speech that they determine, you know, is hate speech. So you never know what the rules are. It's just like uh, I equate that to how many genders there are. If you talk to these people that are, you know, they talk about gender fluidity and all this crazy stuff. And then you ask, well, how many genders are there? They don't know. Right. They, you know. They just make this stuff up as they go. Right. It's whatever they want to be that day. 
basically they've created a new gender identity for that day and yeah. now, now you gotta you gotta add that to the list how, how long is the uh, lgbtq whatever list now how many uh how many characters are in that quite a few even <laughs> i don't even know i don't know i stopped at the the queue i think you know and that's right. just all part i mean that's a great example of free speech fact check that I mean, I dare you. You'll find 5,000 different views on that. So who decides which one's right? And and when we get to religion, how many religions are there on this That's planet? Right. And you know what? Every religion almost thinks that they are the only correct religion. Of course. And Otherwise, you wouldn't belong to that religion. Right. So who's going to fact check that? Who has the power to fact check? That. I mean, you you share a Christian post, somebody else shares a Muslim post, somebody, I mean, right. at what point do we say, can we fact check these opinions? Can we <laughs> fact check beliefs of people? And, and are they really hurting other people? That's right. You know? And how do you fact check an opinion? Right. Because it's not a fact. It, right. is, it is, by definition, an, an opinion. Right. Now you try to base your opinions on the facts that you've gathered, sure. But 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 still, I mean, you can talk to to use your example, Julia. You can talk to fifteen different Christians. You can share a a verse from the Bible, and say, "What does this mean? How does this apply to today?" And they will give you fifteen different answers, and they all belong. They might all belong to the same church, right? They might yeah. sit next to each other every Sunday morning. Not to but mention it, if they're Catholic, Presbyterian, and Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right. you'll get three drastically different interpretations of the exact same book. So. Exactly. So opinion, why is opinion? So if it's my opinion that Trump was cheated in the election based on the facts that I've gathered, why should my opinion be silenced? Exactly. What's, what's interesting it, is that Facebook just removed all content that had anything to do with stop the steal. And I'm really confused because stop the steal in his, uh, he gave a speech last year that talked about the only way, the way, the reason he allows in other countries, protest group and riot groups and such to, to actually voice and, and organize on his platform is because the only way to challenge a government and keep its power in check is for the citizens to be able to cheer to freely challenge those things. Right. And and he made a great point about if the people lose their voice, it's no longer a democracy because the people are the only ones that can can challenge corruption in any way. And you know, I think when tens of millions of people say, "Wait a minute." Let's have a talk about that. We need to discuss something real quick. We're not sure on things. Right. Um, and, and the hashtag was stop the steal, not overturn the election. Like right. that was <laughs> drastically different points. Um, so if it's stop the steal, I feel like that's a bunch of citizens saying, hey, did, did they steal that? Did, did exactly. that just happen? Can we look at the facts here? Because I, I have questions. And they've said, no, I'm going to delete you if you don't stop asking questions. Yeah. So what they did was they stopped the stop the steal. Right. So, <laughs> right. 
Yeah. yeah, that's the most hypocritical thing on the face of the planet. And that's what I'm telling you. That's what Jack is talking about from Twitter. Jack Dorsey, he's talking about the fact mm-hmm. that you have to shut some people up in order for other people to speak. And it's not. Right. So you think about it and it's not a shout. Like I was saying, this kind of goes full circle, but it's not a shouting match on Twitter. It's not verbal. It's not audio. It's reading. It's written. So you can't shout somebody down. So it's not really shouting them down. What it is, it's the masses who are true, like, you know, that are real people on Twitter because Twitter is full of bots. And most of those bots are created to actually try to drown out people on the right. Yeah. And you also, you also have to think about the, the person that's reading that message. A lot of what it is, is how they receive that message. You know, they read something that could be completely passive, but because they're in this argument, now all of a sudden they're taking that as a direct offense to them. You know, they're, they're reading it completely out of context. I actually just had a, a Marine Corps buddy of mine um, post on one of my uh, uh, posts about um, uh Actually, I don't remember which one it was, but I, I simply stated, you know, in your statement, I could point out about, you know, three different hypocritical statements in here. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's nothing big. I, I'm saying the statements themselves are hypocritical. He took that as me calling him a complete hypocrite, started threatening, well, you know, I thought you were my brother, you know, I'm not going to take this, I'm out of here. Uh, so that's the way he interpreted it because of the moment he was in. Now, the same guy actually wound up calling me later that night. And apologizing for taking it that way. He goes, hey, Tom, you know, you're a brother. I know you didn't mean it that way. You know, we're just in a heated time right now. And I'm like, you know, that's okay. You know, just understand that that's, you know, that was how you interpreted it. You know, yeah. it's not what was meant. So it's really how you take those things that are being said. It could be a completely passive comment. But if you're in that mode, if you're in that fight mindset, you're going to take offense to it. That's right. And, you know, like, I would love nothing more than someone who disagrees with me to be on this show, to call into this show, because I want to have an open dialogue. I want to talk about stuff that's going on. You know, when it's a, it's a scary fact that people are silencing us. Right. And as to Julia's point, there's about five or six people in this world that can basically silence billions of people with the flick of a switch. That's pretty scary. But what's scarier is the other side, the people that weren't silenced, applaud it and they cheer it on. There was an article that I was reading. Uh, I sent it to you guys. It's 1933 book burnings. And it's an article that's in the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. And they talk about, I'm just going to read the introduction. It says on May 10th, 1933. So when I talk about this, this type of stuff is a mirrored reflection of what happened in the thirties in Nazi Germany. I know people, they flip out, you know, are you calling me a Nazi? You know, well, sort of. Okay. I'm not saying. Do you feel like I'm calling you a Nazi? Are your actions reflected of the Nazi ideas? (laughs) Right. I'm not saying that, you know, six, seven years from now, you're going to be putting me in an oven because it's a different time. This is a digital it's going to be a digital Holocaust to use to to kind of make up a term, but that's, what's going to happen. And the people that believe in silencing one side, 
simply because of their ideology and thinking that's okay, you guys are going down a dark path. And whether you, you know, if you get triggered because I'm comparing you to what happened in the 30s in Germany, that's on you. Right. You need to do some self-reflection. But I would love to have people on this show that, that cheer this type of stuff. Because I want to have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, and on it's open conversations that, that 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 create the better ideas for society. That's what's going to heal the division, right? Right. We're going to heal the great divide by having conversations, not by being forced to believe one way or the other. And that's yeah, what and the it, left is trying to do to us. They're trying to force us to believe in their ideology, or at least not talk about our ideology. If we remain silent, we're safe for now. You know, we either have to uh, speak the liberal narrative or we just have to be quiet. And the left cheers that. They applaud that. They encourage that. That's what scares me. Right. And the conversation, they have to be open conversations too. You have to be able to, you know, if somebody makes a point, that goes against your views, but it's a correct point. You have to be able to say, Hey, that's a good point. I didn't think of it that way, but no, we're so closed off. And, you know, we're like boxers in a corner. We got to fight off. You know, my ideas are right. I cannot be wrong. Mm -hmm. So once I get back into that corner, I'm going to come out fighting. This is when the insults start. This is when the, 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 the phobics and the ists statements start coming out Right. because they don't want to admit, Hey, you may have a point there. Let me just think about that. You don't have to say I'm completely right, but at least say, hey, you know, that's a good point. Let me think about that. Right. Agreed. You were going to say something. Oh, um, the book, The Four Agreements. Have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements? I have not. It might be the best book ever written. Very short, yeah. very conversational and easy to read, but really there's it's four agreements you make with yourself, and one of them is never take anything personally because everyone mm. lives in their own bubble and everyone lives in their own mind and anything people put into the world is a reflection of what's inside them. It's never what's inside you. So it, it's very right. interesting that, you know, that's a great point in this world. We're suddenly unable to communicate with each other because we've spent so much time taking everything personally and, well, that's no, that's a fantastic point. Uh, two nights ago, I had Rayleigh Klein on the show. Did you did you watch that, Tom? The young lady from yes. ASU. I, I was able to catch most of it. Yes. So, she was canceled from ASU, uh, the radio station down there called the Blaze. She was the manager because she had a different point of view on Jacob Blake. And the rest of the board at the radio station it was a, a student-run radio station. The rest of the board they could not handle the fact that she had a different ideology, different beliefs. And they uh, they got together and they conspired. They got together with the dean of the Cronkite School of Journalism. And the dean ended up passing it on over to the president of the college along the whole way down the line. Ultimately, she lost her position. They forced her to step down because the uh, the, the board, they said they were unable to be led by someone who is has the beliefs that she has. Now that's, that's ridiculous. And John, the thing was with it, she wasn't posting her ideologies on this situation. No, she was 
basically post, all she did was post the facts of what happened from the police reports. Yeah, it was a, it was a New York Post. She didn't, uh, she, didn't, she didn't take a side to it. She simply posted what happened. Yeah, yeah, she did. And she that's posted scary a, when you can't when you can't post the facts. That's right because those facts were presented from the New York Post. And the New York Post, you know, which is the oldest newspaper in the United States of America, by the way, it was first founded. But those facts don't line up with the left wing narrative. So that source, the New York Post, is no longer a viable source, right. you know, according to the acad- you know, academics and academia. So because she posted that uh, particular article from the New York Post and then stated her statement was there's always more to the story. Right. That triggered them and they lost their minds. Right. And she didn't do it on air. She didn't do it through her radio station. She did it through her own platform. Yeah, her personal Twitter page. Right. But they can't have that. They can't have that type of person running a radio station. Did it affect her work in any way? No. No, not at all. I got a nasty buzz. Can you hear it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway. I don't think it's on your side, Tom. I think it's on my side. Uh, So I want to get into this article just real quick. I just want to read the first paragraph. It says, on May 10th, 1933, student groups at universities across Germany carried out a series of book burnings of works that the students uh, and leading Nazi party members associated with an un-German spirit, right? So I think they burned 40,000 books because the books were un German, mm-hmm. whatever that means, right? Define that. And that's what we're living in today. So when the, you know, when the New York Post prints an article about Jacob Blake, well, that is un-ASU or that right. is un-whatever it is. That's, that just doesn't fit in with, you know, the Walter Cronkite School of Business or School of Journalism. So we've got to not only eliminate that source, but anybody that quotes that source. Right. And so that's what we're seeing today. We're literally seeing it. When they shut down Twitter accounts, when they shut down opinions, and, and, and they shut down Facebook pages and uh, conservative websites. You saw GoDaddy. I don't know if you saw that. GoDaddy took down the largest gun like discussion group website in the world. GoDaddy just one day decided... Yeah. We don't want this anymore. Uh, so anyway, it's un-German spirit. Yeah, I find that very odd from GoDaddy, knowing the owner of that. Well, know. he's no longer um, part of it. He's He owns a portion of it, but he's not a decision maker. Yeah. So, you know, that's what happens. You know, you hand over your business to somebody else, and then they, they change the whole the whole way they think. Uh, enthusiastic crowds witnessed the burning of books by uh, Brecht, Einstein, Freud, Mann, and Ra- whoever that is, Remarque, or Remark, who knows. Uh, I don't speak French. Uh, but among many other well-known intellectuals, scientists, and cultural figures, many of whom were Jewish. Now, you think about the people that are being silenced now, a lot of them are very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. Right? Some of our some of our greatest minds, some of our best attorneys, are being doxed. Uh, some of our uh, most brilliant um, 
senators, most brilliant congressmen, because they're conservative. They're being doxxed. People are going to their homes. They're bashing the doors in. They're screaming. And they're not even home. Uh, the one guy was in Texas, and his wife and daughter, baby, his wife and you know, baby daughter were in Washington while Antifa was harassing the hell out of them. They're no. forcing... Um, there was a uh, a journalist that came out that just wrote a book. Andy No, he's a he's a Japanese writer, but he's a journalist and he goes to all these Antifa events, and he always disguises himself, I guess. But he goes to all these events and he covers it, and he's been able to infiltrate Antifa. He knows how they act. He knows what they believe in. He knows he knows you know that they're a bad group. So he wrote a book about it, and Antifa is. If there's a bookstore out there that has his book on the shelves, they go there and they just harass people until that book is taken down. Most bookstores don't want to deal with that harassment, so they're not even putting his book out. Some of them are selling them online, but that's not even good enough for Antifa. Antifa is still harassing them. Yeah. So, But we're the fascists, right? That's what I'm saying. We're not. We're not. We're for free speech. We're for free ideas. The best quote I've heard recently is um, accusations from a narcissist are always confessions. There you go. Narcissists only look at themselves. <laughs> they only want to see themselves in the mirror. They only project. They can't see other people. Accusations are always confessions. I like that. That's pretty solid. You know, it's it's interesting as I've watched both the left and the right because both sides are being accused of being Nazi-like or, you know, whatnot. And I've always been very fascinated with uh, Hitler and what he did and not... He was a horrible person that almost took over the world. Right. Like, literally, almost took over the world. So I've always... I've, I always like to ask why and I and how and I've always watched how and I went over and you know toured Anne Frank's house or the hideaway and um, you know toured concentration camp and I stood there and I in the attic um, of Anne Frank's house and read all of the the clips and the basically her quotes and and it's all about the beginning and how it started and how it progressed and through the eyes of a child and which innocence sees all. So it's just so interesting how much time I spent with her book and in the place where she hid for years and thought, how did they not see it? How on earth right. did so many people cheer this on? That's not possible to happen again because we've seen this already and and how on earth any media or any thought that went against hitler's ideology well i am watching it i'm i'm learning how right now because i'm watching it and, and i don't think either party necessarily aligns with the nazi party i think what the nazi party did was different but um but basically, political leaders everywhere learned a lot from Hitler. I mean, he was, as far as manipulation and mind control goes, he was brilliant at it. Absolutely. I mean, brilliant. He was. He was. And in fact, he learned from, uh, I believe it was the Woodrow Wilson 
uh, he learned how to basically use the press to manipulate the people mm-hmm. by what Woodrow Wilson did in this country in the 1920s. It's pretty scary, mm-hmm. but th- that's factual. You can look that up. He learned propaganda from the United States. Right. And his propaganda mm-hmm. and media division was his strongest asset. I mean, that right. and the Hitler youth, you know, that was that he knew we the, have to go, we have to control the information. We have to control the children if we're going to have any longevity here. And and with project Veritas releasing the PBS oh guy that um, wants to take Trump supporters, children's and send them to reeducation camps because they're not going to be good people if they're raised by their parents you know, I did hear PBS just fired that guy. So at least they did. But thing. did they fire him because he said it, or did they fire him because he got recorded? He got caught. I think they fired him because he got recorded. Because <laughs> of he course. can't be of that mindset and work in that kind of facility at such a high level without being around like minds. No, that's right. No. And if you remember Jeffrey Tubin from CNN, he got caught on a Zoom call pulling Mr. Winky out in front of everybody, didn't realize that the camera was that on. Was so unfortunate <laughs> right? him. No, but here's, like, that was they were like, well, you know, uh, you know, he he just had to, you know, take care of business, didn't realize, no. But this guy has a long history of it. So after he got caught, okay. people came out and they're like, yeah, this ain't Tubin's first offense. This guy's a creep. And they had a laundry list of stuff that he had done, but he had never got caught, so it never came out. Right. And that's the same with this schmuck from PBS. He got caught, and now they got to fire him. And that, But the left will always hide their own. It's like Van Jones. When Van Jones got brought up into the Obama administration, you know, it was Glenn Beck who, found, who did research on Van Jones, and the guy was a diehard communist. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh yeah, we got caught, so we're gonna we're gonna fire him, you know, we're gonna let him go. And then CNN hires him. What's the difference? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Go back to the PBS guy. I mean, if you actually watch the the Veritas video, I mean, he says it just like matter of factly, like like it's something right. he's said out loud numerous times without stuttering. Right. He wasn't whispering. He wasn't trying to hide it. So it's not like this guy hasn't been around the office place spreading this crap but like you said because he got caught and now it's public now they're going to let him go but between that and the cnn all the cnn recordings that came out with their morning meetings um just listening to them all talk they're not even saying what they're really thinking in public it's behind closed doors and it's scary And, and i don't care who they're trying to silence whether it's conservatives or liberals this can't happen in a free country it literally cannot happen in a democracy that's right we lose that and we lose our democracy and i would be just as vocal and upset if liberals were being silenced that's exactly right. And that's happen. something that we've always believed as conservatives. My belief has always been, I don't want to rid the world of liberals. Mm-hmm. I want to rid the world of most liberals because I want <laughs> a couple liberals left around. So we know how idiotic they are, <laughs> right. but that's obviously in jest, right? So obviously no, no conservative that I know has ever talked about rounding anybody up and putting them through reeducation camps. No, we absolutely. don't talk about that. This hasn't entered into our government 
this hasn't started happening until the left is taking over the White House and both branches of Congress. Like th- it, <laughs> this, they all accuse Trump of of doing these things, but it never happened. No, if he would have silenced liberals, it would have been a lot quieter the last couple of years because the screaming wouldn't have been as present. No. And it's like Eric Swalwell, Eric Swalwell came out and accused Trump of, you know, uh, aiding and abetting spies. Meanwhile, Eric Swalwell was banging one. (laughs) And and he's he's still, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, not saying just, just go back to Julia's comment, you know, about, um, the reflection. So he's, he's making that statement all the while knowing that, that he's the one actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's how they operate. There's a quote that I posted. I don't know if you guys saw it, but um, uh, USA Today is talking about the fact that uh, Parler was responsible for the riots, quote unquote riots over at the Capitol. And that's why they deserve to be shut down. And I said, man, the media is really working overtime, you know, to sense, to justify censorship because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to figure out angles to justify it. And I found this quote by Lori Hulse Anderson. I don't know who she is. I should have done my research, but she said, censorship is the child of fear and the father of ignorance. That just, that's it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. So we censor because we're afraid. And that produces future generations of ignorance. Right. So when you censor me, like when you censor history and we, you know, we ask ourselves, why can't these kids see what is going on is equivalent to what happened in the early thirties in, in Germany. It's because they were never taught it. They are pure. They are 100% ignorant to what true fascism is. You've got these Antifa people that are running around referring to themselves as anti-fascist when in fact they are fascist because they don't even know what fascism is. In fact, I believe a lot of them think fascism is capitalism. So they're anti-capitalism, but in their minds, they're fighting neo-Nazis because Trump is equated with neo-Nazis and so are we. Any insult towards Trump is actually an insult towards us. And so when they call Trump a neo-Nazi and his followers are neo-Nazis, well, then Nazis were fascists. We oppose that. So we oppose Trump and his followers. That's their mindset. Right. But they really don't truly know what fascism is. They don't understand the fact that there were 40,000 German students burning books because the books weren't German ish. Uh, they were un-German spirit. They had an un-German spirit. Right. So the kids were manipulated then. The kids are being manipulated now. Mm-hmm. And how do you educate them? It's so funny because how, how my, do you fix it? My 16 year old son who I don't know how, but is unbelievably conservative and um, probably further right than me. And he comes home from school and the things he has a problem with at school are the liberal parts of the public school system. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. He's like, what are they doing? What, you know, and yeah. it's, it's amazing how liberal our education system has become. 
Right. And, and that's sad because the education system should be just that. You are teaching the facts. Let the student go through and make up their own mind on the facts. Right. If a student knows the teacher's political stance, that teacher has failed. Yeah, and and while it's not allowed for the teachers to talk uh, in his school about their political views, he's like, yeah, this guy's a really hardcore conservative. This guy's a liberal. And this and he's like, they all talk about it. I have to listen to anti-Trump or anti-Biden. Depends on which class I'm in. Exactly. You know what? I don't... Luckily, I have one of the most independent children on the planet, but... Um, most kids are not independent thinkers, and our school system certainly does not ever teach them to, to question a teacher. No. Yeah. And if you do, you're out of line. Right. You're not allowed to question the narrative. You know, when I was a kid, they, they taught, uh, believe it or not, they taught evolution and creationism in science class. My science teacher would teach evolution, and then he would say there's also the theory of creation, Right. That was the first time that I ever heard that the Big Bang Theory lined up more with creation than it did evolution. Because the Big Bang talks about there was this big, you know, massive collision or whatever happened, and all of a sudden, everything was created. Okay, well, that kind of lines up with Genesis. It doesn't line up with science. Let there be light, right? Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, exactly right, you know? And so they actually stopped teaching the Big Bang Theory for quite a while. I don't know if they teach it anymore, if it's if it's come back, but they don't teach it anymore because they realized it lined up more with creationism than it did evolution. So they stopped they stopped it. And but they used to teach both sides. So even in um, in political science or in history, you know, they would teach, hey, this is what uh, you know, this is what JFK believed. You know, this is what Nixon believed and make up your own mind. What do you believe? You know, what side do you fall on? But I'm going to give you sides, you know, both sides of the argument. And then you believe what you believe, what you think is, you know, what you think is the truth based on the facts that you know of. That just doesn't happen anymore. And uh, And that's what I try to instill in my kids is you, you question everything. You know, you have your own mind. Now, obviously, I'm a very conservative person. I teach my conservative values, um, uh, you know, but I always tell my son, you know, you don't have to take my word as gospel either. Go and do your own research. Uh-huh. Uh, I remember driving home with him one day in the truck, and he says, Dad, do you still like Donald Trump after what he did? And I was like, what are you talking about? What did he just do? This was when the uh, Ukraine transcripts just came out. You know, and he hadn't released the actual transcript yet. All you got was Shifty's uh, version of it. Yeah. And so he asked me, Dad, you still like Trump after what he did? I was like, well, what did he do? And then he starts going into this. And I was like, where did you hear this? Well, this is what my friends are saying. And I was like, okay, how much research have you actually done on it? And he goes, well, I haven't. I said, okay, when we get home, you're going to go look it up. So he goes to look it up, and he's like, no, oh, Dad, you're you're right. <laughs> he didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I teach him to have that inquisitive mind. I mean, that's one good thing. You know, we're, we're sitting here talking about the evils of social media and Google and being able to stop our thinking. But we're also living in an age where all the information, well, as of now, hopefully is still there. Who knows how long it's going to take for them to delete everything. Um, but you can go look it up. 
Right. You know, it may not be the mainstream media presenting it, but you're going to find a different side somewhere and look at both sides and see which one really makes more sense. What really happened? Not yeah. if you use Google, you're not going to. No, and right. that's another thing. They hide articles. Like, Tom, you're in front of a computer right now, right? Mm-hmm. You can Google men can and see what comes up. Men, men can. Men can. And tell me what the like the top three or four searches are. We'll do it live on TV right now. Let's see. Well, I have uh, Explorer. Is that the same thing as Google? Yeah, well, you can just go to Google.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, go to Google. I told you guys, I'm not a tech guy. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll walk you through the step-by-step, Tom. No, no, don't worry about it. Yeah, so you should okay. come to Google.com and then right in the center – under the word Google, you'll see a search bar. Just type in men can. And then I got men can, men cancer, men candles, men can have periods. Oh, nice. <laughs> men can lactate. Uh, oh, goodness. Men can have men periods. Can get pregnant. Men can get pregnant. Uh, then men can at a goose. Men can't pee. I, I'm going to clear. I got to see that one. Wow, this is uh, no. So if you're a kid, and these are the top searches of Google, this is how they get them, right? No, that's not what the, that's what they say, but that's not what it is. Okay. What they are teaching people how to think, because when you do a search, it provides results that they want you to see. Right. That's how that works. If you go to Bing, and you do the same thing, that doesn't come up. Right. So it's not about what the most, I mean, who searches men can get pregnant or men can <laughs> lactate or men can have periods. It also changes based on whether or not you're using proper English. If you use, um, if you say, can I, and then something, and then you can say, is it possible? And then a totally different, uh. it's. And it's different subjects. It's if you use slang, if you say can you and the letter you, you're going to get some off the wall stuff. But if you say can you, why owe you, you'll get a totally different list. Wow. Because it's it's targeted towards different social groups. Let me run two uh, sponsors. I Over the past couple of days, I have forgot to run my sponsor ads. And, you know, that's not good for me. That's not good for the sponsors. <laughs> So let me run two quick ads and we'll be right back. All right. Give me a moment to talk about one of our sponsors, Grayfeather Farm. Phyllis wrote back on December 22nd, by far the best products I've ever bought. Don't waste your money on drugstore products that don't do what they say they will do. Shipping is always extremely fast. Can't say enough good things. Highly recommend everything Jennifer sells. Guys, February's coming up, and you know what that means. It's going to be Valentine's Day soon. So if you missed out on these products for Christmas for that favorite little lady in your life, make sure you get some for Valentine's Day. Place your orders now. Go to the link below this video or go to saywhatyouwillradio.com. Go to the sponsors area and click Gray Feather Farm. You'll get free shipping anywhere in the United States. Now back to the show. Give me 30 seconds to talk about the Espinoza Group, a group within the real estate firm in Gilbert, Arizona. 
Sherry says, what many agents don't take into account is that it's not just the house itself that dictates how we go about marketing and selling it. That's why in my career in real estate for over 20 years, I've developed systems, processes, and resources specific to each different situation you might be in. Visit their website at www.azhomesbysherry.com. That's azhomesbysherry, S-H-E-R-I.com. Or you can visit their office at 1521 East Elliott Road, Suite Number 104, Gilbert, Arizona, 85234. Experience the difference. All right. We are back. And of course, we're talking about the unfairness and the uh, Nazi-like censorship that's occurring in the United States right now because of big media, big social media, big tech, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I'm curious to hear what other people are thinking out there. Jennifer Meyer says, late again, but happy to see you. Or happy to be here. Hi, all. Uh, just to let you know, proud gun owners today. Oh, very nice. Very good, uh, Jennifer. So you're, you bought a firearm? Tell us about it. What'd you get? Uh, Sean McGuire says, go, Tom. All right. You got a fan hey. out there, buddy. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> That's pretty awesome to see. So, Jennifer, tell us about your uh, new firearm. I'm uh, excited to hear about that. A few, she said. Oh, my. Stocking up. Love to see it. Uh, so, anyway, I wanted to read, I want to continue reading this. And uh, when we left off, I was reading a short article that's posted on the United States Holocaust uh, Memorial Museum page. And they're talking about book burnings that occurred back in 1933. Uh, the largest of these uh, book bonfires occurred in Berlin, where an estimated 40,000 people gathered to hear a speech by the propaganda. Minister Joseph Goebbels, in which he pronounced that Jewish intellectualism is dead and endorsed the students' right to clean up the debris of the past. That's pretty terrifying. Right. Pretty terrifying. Uh, It says the response to the book burnings was immediate and widespread. Counter demonstrations took place in New York and other American cities, including Philadelphia, Cleveland, and Chicago. Journalists in the American and world press expressed shock and dismay at these attacks on German intellectual freedom and various authors wrote uh, into support or wrote in support of their assaulted German brethren. Artists, writers, doctors and other intellectuals fled Germany uh, prompted by the barbarity of the book burnings and by continued acts or acts of Nazi persecution. So that's what we're seeing now. And it's funny back then that the American press was opposed to all this. They were just, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so they held their counter, uh, whatever, uh, uh, demonstrations. But now today, they were the very ones that are pushing and promoting and trying to find ways, like that uh, USA article I was telling you about earlier. They are trying to find ways to sugarcoat the fascism. Right. And, and they're hiding scary. under the terms of, they're, they're hiding under the broad brush of, of hate speech, you know, which they which they cannot define, or false information, which again they cannot define. That's all they have to do is yell out those those catchphrases, and they have their reason for censorship. Yeah, the Nazis uh, did the same thing. They it was all about the Nazis were going to get keep the people safe. The Nazis were going to clean up 
and rid the the Germans of the the people that were undesirable or had different views of the Jews, the not just Jews, but I mean, it was they eventually turned on everybody. They, the own their own SS officers weren't safe if they disagreed with somebody. They were that's right thrown into a concentration camp just with just like the Jews. It was definitely not just Jews in the concentration camps, but no, we, like you mentioned, Anne Frank, the people that hid Anne Frank. They were terrified because had they got caught, they would have been right. sent to Auschwitz right. along with them. And it, it, yeah, so it wasn't just the Jews. No, it wasn't at all. It was anybody that that went against sympathizers. It. Yeah, yep. and you know after after standing in one of those gas chambers and and oh God. walking into the next room and seeing the ovens and the pictures all over the walls with the bodies, you know, three four feet high in piles. I, I just remember standing there going, how did nobody stop this right. before it got to this point? But the problem is, is that nobody knew it was at that point before it was too late to stop it because they were okay with things like book burnings and history rewriting. Well, they're saying that <clears throat> actually a lot of the people, a lot of the Germans did know about it, but they didn't want to be the next one sent there. Right. So because... When they would burn the bodies, the ashes from the bodies would fall all over town. You know, they, in the stench of all the death, you can't hide that. So it was right. in, in the military people, they went along with it. You know, there's, there is, uh, there's no excuse for it. And in fact, the New York Times knew about the Holocaust and they covered it up. That's a factual story. You can actually look into that. Our own media was hiding the fact that that was going on over in Germany. You know, it's, I should have brought it. Um, I have a, an insert from, I think, Vanity Fair or some, it, at the time in the 40s, it was one of the top uh, news magazines. So it was a, um, it was a survey and a, a kind of a discussion piece about where the country was because it was published the night before or went to press the night before um, something major happened, like the, basically the beginning of the war or something. And, and it was a poll by Americans. It was really interesting. It's crazy. It's just in the 40s, and it, and it had four columns in it. It had um, basically, uh, oh, I can't remember they divided the the different people by social economic class, and then it was um, Negroes were the final category. Mm. It's crazy that that was less than a hundred years ago in this country, <laughs> but um, but it was a, a a poll about what people thought about you know should we get involved with Hitler? Should we should we get involved there? Should we stay neutral? Should we just send assets to him like war right. money and whatnot, um, or should we stop him? Should we join the Allies? Should we join him? You know and most of this country didn't really want to get involved. Right. Um, or no. didn't think it was a big deal or, di you know, they just, it was well, a surprisingly big number that didn't think it was a big deal. A lot of it is because, uh, Jer uh, let, me, let me read Jennifer and I'll get back to this point. She says, scary enough, people when uh, didn't have, or people then didn't have the social media we do. Right. And yet we still don't want to believe this is happening. It's called denial. Right. Absolutely. Uh, between 1933 and 1945, Nazi Germany had 1,000 concentration camps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it couldn't be hidden. All over Europe. But right. the thing is, because the media, like the New York Times, they squashed 
a lot of these stories. They didn't share the stories and they didn't share pictures. So as it was going around verbally, and I'll equate it to uh, Ray Rice from the Baltimore Ravens. He beat the crap out of his wife or his girlfriend, maybe. I don't know if it was girlfriend or wife. Anyway, it was a female. He dragged her into an elevator, beat the crap out of her, and drug her out of the elevator unconscious. Now, I can tell you that story all day long. And a lot of NFL fans are going to be like, "Eh, you know, who knows how bad it was. They'll, They'll make excuses. Right. Right. And that's what happened. And Ray Rice continued to play football for the Ravens until the casino that where he beat this woman up, the casino released the video and everybody was appalled by it. And Ray Rice never played another game of, of football in his life. So one of the reasons why I believe the Americans were not opposed to what Hitler was doing is because they didn't see it. If they would have seen the videos that we all saw back in, I think, eighth grade when we learned about the Holocaust, or if they would have seen movies like Schindler's List at that time, if they would have seen the raw footage of what was going on, I think 99% of the Americans would have said, we need to go over there and bomb the hell out of this guy. This We right. need to stop this. Right. Because nobody can look and watch a video of bulldozers pushing hundreds of bodies into a hit and not and be okay with that Mm. unless you're unless you're an animal right and so i I mean you know we try to stay out of world war ii with every fiber of our being including hiding stories like that i mean you got to understand the time too we had just come out of world war one even our short involvement in world war one pretty much devastated our military our resources um things like that the american people we just weren't ready to go back to a war um, of this magnitude. Uh, it took them bringing the war to us. And that's when we said, okay, it's time to get involved. But you're also right that, you know, had the American people seen these, these news stories and seen what was actually going on over there, I think we would have gotten involved a lot sooner. I mean, the outrage would have just been, um, insane. I believe. I agree. I agree because you just can't, once you see it, you can't now deny it. You can't make excuses for it. When it's just right. when it's just talk. You know, it's your opinion against my opinion. But when everybody sees it, then the game changes. Uh, there was a shout out to you, Tom, from Paul Daniel Sullivan. Hey, Paul, how you doing? <laughs> That's pretty cool. And then Jennifer says Americans see plenty of validation of what we should be appalled about, yet we don't want to get involved. Yeah, I mean, I think that, but yeah, I mean, that's what I don't understand. And and Jennifer, I know you're a little bit late, but we were talking about this earlier. The part about the censorship from big tech that bothers me the worst is the fact that there's millions of people applauding it. They're watching it, they're seeing it, but it's their ignorance of what true fascism is. It's their ignorance of, the, of uh, Nazi Germany in the 30s because they weren't taught public schools don't teach this type type of stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. And or at least they don't teach the truth about it. I don't even know if they show that movie anymore. Do, are you, do you know what I'm talking about? The the movie that Hitler made himself. It was by, uh, it was filmed by like a French videographer and the French end up releasing it, but it was, it was Hitler allowed 
people to come in to film all that, all, everything that was going on in Auschwitz. Oh. And the movie's out there. And uh, they showed that to us as kids in eighth grade when we read Anne Frank. I don't, did, Tom, do you ever remember seeing that? I do. I can't remember what the name of it was. Yeah, it was um, a German name. Uh, I, I forget what it was called. Maybe somebody uh, in the chat room might know. You can actually see the parallels of how Hitler came to power and how he got the uh, German people to uh, be okay with Jews being trucked off to concentration camps and what's actually going on now. So Hitler blamed the Jews for the loss in World War One. And after World War One, after the armistice, you know, Germany's economy, they just went, it took a complete nosedive. People were living in, um, in horrid conditions. And he always blamed the Jews for that. So as he comes to power, he keeps spreading this message that it was the Jews. The Jews are responsible for our state of the economy right now. They're, they're right. the reason we are how we are. So that's why the German people were like, well, okay, let's go ahead and move the let's go ahead and move the Jews over here. We don't know what's happening to them, but they're getting them out of our of our area. Well, that's what's happening right now. You know, there are several people who aren't happy with the direction of the company, but it's because they've been constantly berated and telling it, it's the conservatives. The conservatives are driving this country down. The conservatives are doing this. The conservatives right. are doing that. So people are okay with the censorship of conservative thought. That's what I'm saying. And that's why it's no different than what took place in the early 30s. Right. In Germany, it's no different. It's just the very beginning. It's at the very beginning. Now, like I said, I'm not saying that you're going to put me into a, a concentration camp. But we've got people on PBS talking about re-education camps. We had mm -hmm. AOC talking about re-education camps. And if they're going to be talking about it, that's where it all starts is with an idea. Right. You know, Hitler didn't go from being elected to rounding up the Jews and throwing them into gas, you know, uh, gassing them in the showers. He didn't do that in 24 hours. It took him years to get there. Mm -hmm. right. But it started, it started with censorship. It started with banning uh, religion. It started with book burning. And the best move he made was he told them all that they were going to live somewhere else. He had, he gave them time to pack up their most valuable possessions. You know, what do you want to bring with you? Oh, we're going to move you. And then, you know, they get to the, they get off the train with all their possessions and they just rip their possessions away. And now they got enough to fund their <laughs> military. You know, um, and then they went straight into, are you a worker? Or are you going to the gas chamber uh, decisions with the, the groups of people that got off the train? So, but he made it look like, oh, no, bring your prized possessions. You'll be fine. Your neighbors. So then what that did was that got the neighbors to turn them in because they're like, well, right. you know, we're just we're just being good Germans and making sure that they can go live in a different area. You know, we we're there are friends, but you know, that's what we're supposed to do. We have to be good Germans. And so we're going to turn them in. So, so they really, he, he got neighbors to turn on neighbors in the most manipulative of ways. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm watching that happen today. Neighbors are turning on neighbors. There are hotlines to turn your neighbors in. You can send your neighbors to jail in some places because they have a car that might not be theirs in their driveway. You know, because somebody might be in their house that doesn't live there. That is, um, neighbors can't turn on neighbors. That That's, we yeah. have to all be Americans. We it, have to be. That's right. And that is the, the most un-American thing that you can do is turn on your neighbor. Right. And it, it started decades ago. I mean, when I remember when I was probably in high school, I used to burn leaves. Okay. We, my mother and I and my brother, we would all get together all day long after the leaves fell in fall and we'd, we would rake leaves until the cows came home. We had a lot of property and then we would pile up big piles of leaves and we would burn them. And everybody did that in my hometown. Well, mm. all of a sudden, they decided to pass an ordinance that said that burning leaves was bad for the environment as if a forest fire doesn't burn leaves, right? So burning leaves is going to kill the ozone layer. And if you catch your neighbor burning leaves, make sure that you report them. And I was right. like, you've got to be kidding me. Like as a kid is like, like in high school, I was like, people don't turn their neighbors in. What are you talking about? Right. Wasn't it Newsom out in California who said snitches get rewards? Right. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a phrase he's going to be able to change. But, you know, there was always a rule um, in my house growing up that about tattling. There's only two reasons you could tattle. And, and my mom would always look at me and say, why are you telling me this? Is someone bleeding or is someone about to get hurt? Right. Is someone already hurt or are they about to get hurt? And if my answer was no, it, well, that's tattling. <laughs> Don't, you know, and she was right. It's, I don't, I'm not going to call the police on my neighbors, but I have called the police on my neighbors one time because their argument over silly, something silly was getting way out of control. And when he got physically violent and I could hurt here, I called the police and said, I think it's someone time. It's time for someone to go deescalate the situation and ask the wife if she feels safe now. Like she's got two little girls in that house with her. And I don't know if she feels safe right now, but right. short of that. And they were like, Oh, do you want to make a noise complaint? I'm like, absolutely not. I don't want them to get in trouble. They're not being too noisy. They're not breaking any rules. I simply want someone that can deescalate the situation to go there and ask the woman if she feels safe. And, and I can't imagine calling the cops on my neighbors for any other reason other than someone's hurt or someone's about to be hurt, possibly, right. you know, and that should, that's how our society should be. If, if nobody's getting hurt, we don't need a whole country full of tattletales, but, and I don't think that, um, but that's just I'm, it. Is our media is pushing every narrative to tell you that this is bad. People are going to get hurt if if this right. person says this. If you have a a party of more than so many people, you're going to die. Grandma's going to die. Right. You know. So so they right. hide this this snitching under the, the the betterment for society. Right. But it's really not. They're just getting you used to snitching. Exactly right. right. And it's only if you believe that burning leaves is bad. Right. 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 Is it, it, so if you don't believe burning leaves is bad, then turning someone in, how is that good for anybody? 
right? So that's how they play. They, you know, everything is based on fear. Everything is based, you know, burning leaves. It's going to kill the ozone layer. Oh my God. I got to stop my neighbor from burning leaves because they, (laughs) they buy into it. You know, just like charcoal grills were bad and your two stroke lawnmower was bad and you name it, all this crazy stuff was bad. And yet they ban all this stuff. And now it's the cow farts that, that are bad. And people are trying to ban cow cattle farms. John, do you remember uh, growing up in the eighties and uh, acid rain was going to kill up, kill everybody and wipe out society. Every car was coated in that plastic stuff. I don't know if they still do that or not, but the cars, you know, so because they didn't want the cars rolling into the showroom with acid rain on them. So they coated them in all that blue, you know, that, that's that plastic that you had to peel off. Now that plastic's yeah. probably laying around in landfills for the next 5,000 years. It's never going to go Or in away. the ocean choking the sea turtle. <laughs> yeah. Right. Along with the masks. There's like, right. there's 2 billion masks floating around in the ocean now. <laughs> So I got this uh, trailer. I want to see if this is it because uh, Paul Daniel Sullivan said that the movie is called Triumph Des Willens or whatever. Day Willens, however you pronounce that. Des Willens. Uh, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to share this and uh, for my viewers. So if you've got a weak stomach, you may not want to watch, but uh, let's take a peek here. Now, there's no sound because I don't have it hooked up to sound. But this is just the trailer of the movie. But when I was a kid, I watched this movie. And this was a cha- life changer for me. Because it made me realize that human beings can just turn a blind... They can murder and torture. I mean, what they did to the Jews in the concentration camps is beyond explanation. thousands, tens of thousands of people were responsible for it mm-hmm. and they right. let it happen. Right. You know? And uh, yeah. so that was yeah. a yeah. game changer for me. You know, chills and just a horrible time in our human existence. That's right. That's right. And, and not to keep beating a dead horse, but there's 80 million people that are cheering Jack Dorsey silencing the president mm-hmm. and Facebook silencing conservatives and YouTube right. silencing people over and over and over again. Now, I don't know how long this is going to take, but when they made movies back then, they didn't get right to the point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're getting there. I just kind of peaked. Uh, but it's like we said earlier, John, you know, the reason they're cheering it now is because all this banning and is, you know, fitting their narrative. What's going to happen when, you know, you don't have President Trump to beat on constantly anymore? Um, you don't have the conservatives to sit there and beat around. Because remember, now the, the the Democrats hold the two biggest houses, two biggest branches of government. Mm-hmm. So when the country goes to hell, they have nobody to blame but themselves. No, that's right? exactly right. But so they're gonna, what's going to happen when those like chants against the Democrats start are they going to start banning those posts? Then they're going to wake up and go, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have been banning the voices of the conservatives when their voices start getting banned. It's going to be too late. The precedents will be set. Right. Let's see. I don't know. 
Is that the movie you were thinking of? I have no idea. I don't think so. At least not in the trailer. The trailer's not showing any. Um, I mean, they're they're showing the devastation and things yeah. that took place. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'll stop sharing because I don't think this is the right thing. But uh, um, wrong one, Paul. Keep digging. <laughs> yeah, keep digging. Let's find this this crazy movie, and that might be it. Um, I I just don't see any uh, concentration camp coverage. But uh, I, I lost my, my train of thought. But the fact is that uh, we're, we're seeing people. Oh, I, I know where I was going. You were talking about who's next. You know, once Trump is gone, then what? Well, they, they're already creating their hit list. They've got. Uh, yeah, they've, they, they have. Uh, what's his name from Texas? Uh, Ted Cruz. Anybody, any one of those six senators who opposed uh, or, or, you know, fought to have the election overturned, they are on the hit list. And they're right. already talking about trying to disbar Ted Cruz. Uh, mm-hmm. They're they're trying to put Ted Cruz and the rest of those six senators on um, the no-flight list so they can't fly. They're doing everything they can to go after these men. And I think it was one woman, five men. And then there's 60 of them in the House so they've got their fight. Right. They've got their enemy. And they're going to continue to go after uh, anybody that supports these individuals. Right. You know, they. John, I want to give you a quick warning. I'm just getting the low battery signal on my computer. I don't know why it's doing to me this time. Oh, <laughs> so oh. if I get cut off on you here pretty soon, I'm not, I'm not bound out of the conversation, but I might lose you here in a minute. No, that's okay. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And and we can actually. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure I have it plugged in next week. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> fine. Mistake, right. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, we could, we can actually, uh, start wrapping it up. I didn't even, I just looked at the time and realized it's already quarter after nine already, but, uh, I just want really what we have to do. And this is person. This is what I think we can, we can't be silent about it. Right. right. And now obviously we're not going to be, I'm going to continue doing this. I'm going to continue until YouTube throws me off and then I'll find somewhere else to put it on, you know? Uh, I'm working on that now to find a backup, but, uh, we just have to keep educating people and we can't be afraid. Right. Exactly. And we have to, we can't scream at people because that doesn't work, but we have to be able to have some sort of educational conversation. Uh, let's see. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I think Paul, you probably nailed it. Maybe it's been friggin' banned. I wouldn't doubt it. I got to find out. I'll do my research and maybe have it on the next time. I think Tom's gone. Looks like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's gone. Anyway, so uh, I'll, I'll take him out of the room. But uh, so that's what we have to do. We have to be willing to have conversations. And we can't be afraid of the conversations. We've got to educa- educate ourselves and we've got to educate other people. And when... And we can't be afraid to say, hey, listen, why don't we study 1933 Germany together? Why don't we look this up? Let's talk about this. I think we need to hold our schools accountable. We need to hold our universities accountable. We need to hold our employers accountable. We need to just continue. Maybe not continue. We we can't be silent anymore. 
You know, the silent majority is no longer the majority because we've been silent. And I think we need to be a little more verbose. verbose. You know, I, I remember, and, and it's impossible to tour Anne Frank's hideout or a concentration camp and not feel uh, emotional about it. And I just remember standing in both places. And I was 14 when I was standing in a concentration camp. Um, and I just thought, and I, wow. maybe it's cause I'm the oldest child that's always been independent and, and the one that's not scared to, to say a truth. Cause I, I really don't care what, if, if you think bad of me for saying the truth then that's, that's fine. Um, everyone has an opinion, but right. you know, I will always stand up and say what I believe is right. And I swore to myself then I said, if anything ever happens, that's anything that starts to resemble this ever, I will be the last one to be silenced. I just, I just will not ever say that that's okay because they didn't even see it coming. But then look what happened. Right. You know? And, and there's, there's all these reasons why what he did as steps wasn't okay, but, but people threw it under the rug and, and you just can't. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting time because, you know, the internet, the World Wide web as a whole, um, it turns 30 next month actually. Yeah. And so, you know, what do you do when you turn 30? You start figuring out what you really are all about and planning the rest of your, your life, you know, and right. it's time for that to do that. And, and the World Wide web is not, um, a, a U.S. thing. It's, it's a worldwide thing. And you have for the first time ever a worldwide stage. So, you know, you have this, this internet that is a, a place of, expression and you can basically I mean I'm a web developer I can put anything I want on the internet period literally anything and you know we have freedom of speech but there's so many countries around the world that do not have freedom of speech and that's right and now you've got a world stage being um being basically governed by the world and you know it used to be that almost every um, major internet company was American and now the majority is actually Chinese now. That's right. And you've got, you know, Facebook's not in China. Why? Because China wants things far more censored because they are creating their own internet now. <laughs> right. um, and they, that's why they created TikTok. That's why they created some of these other things because they think the internet should be 100% controlled by them. They, they just like, our social media companies, they actually have whole departments within their government that censor the internet as a whole. So and Obama tried to do that with net neutrality. He was trying to to let the government slowly take over the internet. And Trump yeah. reversed that. But yeah. guess what's coming back? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very interesting. It's gonna be interesting because right now I mean, what do you do with a worldwide thing? Do you let a do you let a country decide? You know what level of speech is allowed? Do you let because because all the countries in the world are never going to agree on that. Just the three superpowers alone, you know, U.S., China, Russia, they're never going to agree on that. Yeah. So, how do you really govern that? And then how do you if it's not governed by a government, then it's 
literally left in the laps of of Zuckerberg and Dorsey and and there is no one else's lap for it to land in too. And we're talking about less than a half dozen people on this planet right. who are not governments, who do not have any kind of, they're not representing any person. They're representing their own views. This is their own, you know, kind of private company in a way. Um, they take enough money from the government that I'm not a hundred percent sure it's private, but, <laughs> but technically it is private, but, the responsibility that comes with that kind of power is far surpasses what any private business would ever have. Well, the private business isn't a good argument anyway, because here's the thing. If Fry's, which is a local grocery store here in Arizona, they're a privately run organization. Sure. Okay. Or any, you can use any grocery store for any any restaurant, I don't care, pick, pick a private restaurant and they post on the front of their restaurant that says no black lesbians allowed. You think, how, how's that? Is that going to fly? That's not going to fly. And no, no one on the left is going to say, well, they're a private entity. They can do whatever they can, you know, they can censor whoever they want to censor. They can block whoever they want to block. No, that place would be shut down. No, that would be called discrimination they would be in big trouble for discriminating, right? Even if they didn't even have the sign, but you knew that if you were a black lesbian and you walked in there and they, they wouldn't serve you, that's discrimination. We don't allow that in this country. So why is it okay for uh, Twitter that has billions of people on it, why is it okay for them to discriminate? It's not. John, do you have just a minute to show the hypocrisy of Twitter when it comes to election posts? Do you have that, that um, clip of them protecting the free speech for the Ugandan uh, oh, yeah. elections? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I got that somewhere. Give me uh, talk amongst yourselves while I bring that up. <laughs> right. I just thought that was hilarious where they're going to uh, directly after they censor uh, President Trump and a lot of conservative voices, they go in and uh, talk about how bad it is to stop social media, especially during an election process. And yeah. I, I just find it, it's so hilarious. So here you go. Here's the headline. Twitter calls for open internet access uh, to information during election in Uganda, not our election yeah. in the United States, but <laughs> <laughs> And it says uh, Twitter is now advocating for free expression and sharing of information in Uganda amid reports that the East Africans nation, East African nation's government has shut down access to social media ahead of social uh, schedule. Uh, I try to read too fast ahead of scheduled elections. Thursday, Twitter's public policy account issued a stern warning Tuesday quote ahead of Ugandan election. We're hearing reports that internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the open internet. All of a sudden, Jack Dorsey's principled. Right. <laughs> According to the thread, Twitter had suspended accounts on state-backed actors who were targeting the election in Uganda, though the company did not relate specifics. They're so full of it. Right. And they're so hypocritical, dude. Yeah. 
It's who they want to be heard. It's not free speech to them. It's not free expression to them. It's who they want to be heard. Hey, the conservative Texans in the room. How you doing, my friend? Good to see you're here. And you're right. Twitter is not a human right. It is, however, trash. (laughs) 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 That's maybe the best comment of the night. I appreciate that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, come on. The the hypocrisy, right? Well, and Zuckerberg's made the point. Zuckerberg made the point that um, it is most critical to have freedom of, of speech and expression in countries that um don't have honest governments and because without without freedom of speech the people cannot question governments and the only way you can maintain a democracy or have the ability to have a democracy is if the people can keep the government in check by questioning them and calling them out when they see something wrong and oh my bad my bad sorry about that he simultaneously silenced half this country when we called out our government. And it's really interesting to me. I always like to take a step back and, and look at the big picture and, and ask why. And, you know, I see like Zuckerberg and a lot of clips of Dorsey where they are very much so against any of kind of censoring and, and even pointed out that it's a it's too dangerous of a road to ever go down because it will kill a democracy because where is that line like if if you stop this political side then then should you stop this nonprofit that is also a conservative nonprofit but helps abused women and should you stop christian nonprofits that help people and do public service outreach stuff and you know where is that line and once you cross into trying to define that line you can so easily slip so far past it that you literally kill a democracy so it's interesting to watch him do all of this now when i see not just liberals but specifically the group in of our representatives in our government that um are so hell-bent on making people stop talking and it's it's interesting to watch the about face because i wonder why he had that about face i wonder if he was threatened i wonder if he was paid off i wonder if he hates trump that much i wonder if he really just changed his values i mean i and i have no idea yeah but no, and i think you I wonder why there's the third option there. I think he hated Trump that much. If you look at the, because uh, you shared the video with us to, to watch, and if you look at the video and the time in which he released that video, basically he's just talking about free speech for Black Lives Matter. He's not talking about free speech for anybody else. He's he's pointing out the fact that, you know, Black Lives Matter should have this platform to give their voice, right? So he's standing on the principle for that one particular uh, ideology. Right. He does not believe in what he's talking about for the conservative voices. But in the end, he he pointed out three of three things that he feels like um, is dangerous, three problems that is, is dangerous when it comes to censorship. And um, the I think it was the last one he said, it was... Um, I have it if you want me to play it. Yep, do that. Let's play it we'll real quick. way better. We are at a moment of particular tension here and around the world, and we are seeing the impulse to restrict speech and enforce new norms 
on what people can and cannot say. And increasingly, you know, we're seeing people across the spectrum try to define more speech as dangerous because it may lead to political outcomes that they see as un unacceptable. Some hold the view that since the stakes are now so high, they can no longer trust their fellow citizens with the power to communicate and to decide what to believe for themselves. I personally believe that this is more dangerous for democracy over the long term than almost any speech. Democracy depends on the idea that we hold each other's right to express ourselves and be heard above our desire to always get the outcomes that we want. You can't impose tolerance top-down. It has to come from people opening up, sharing experiences, and developing a shared story for our society that we all feel like we're a part of. That's how we make progress. So how do we turn the tide? Well, someone once told me that our founding fathers thought that free expression was like air. You don't miss it until it's gone. When people don't feel like they can express themselves, they lose faith in democracy and are more likely to support populist parties that prioritize specific policy outcomes over the health of our democratic and civic norms. I'm a little more optimistic. I don't think we need to lose our freedom of expression to realize how important it is. I think that people get it and, and understand and appreciate the voice that they have now. And at some fundamental level, I think that most people believe in their fellow people too. And as long as our governments respect people's right to express themselves, as long as our platforms live up to their responsibilities to support expression and prevent harm, and as long as we all commit to being open and making space for more perspectives, then I think we're going to make progress. I don't know if yeah, that was the right clip. That was actually if, exactly it. Yeah, to me, I don't, if you put the entire speech into perspective, if you watch the whole 30 minutes, most of the front end of the speech was about the free voices of the Black Lives Matter movement, which I have no issues with. Yes, let them speak. Once you start burning stuff down, sorry, I'm not on your side sure. anymore. But I, I have no problem with you speaking. And he goes into this, and I still believe he is on that same mindset, because this is the time frame of, you know, the, the burning and, and all the uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Right. But when it came to the conservative platform, I don't believe he was speaking to that. I honestly don't. Now, maybe he may have been. No, it's a very wasn't. motivational speech. Um, it really yeah. is. But I don't believe he believes what he's saying for all people, just his ideology and the way he wants to spin it. Right. No, I, I agree with you. It should be, it should be apply to all it has to apply to all or it does not work and you got to understand too when he said this stuff first of all the president was trump and we had the senate and the senate was going after you know uh was having all these hearings with these clowns right. and they really wanted to determine whether or not these groups need to be broken up these tech firms because they are right. monopolies by the true right. sense of the word you know so they talked about breaking them up they talked about doing away with, uh, you know, Article 230 and, a, and all this other stuff. And so he was trying to come up. He was trying to come up and speak almost in code, like you're saying, Tom. Like, they need the right to free speech. Everybody needs the right to free speech. This, that. But, but it's different now because when did all of this censorship begin? This censorship began immediately after 
Biden was confirmed. Up until it, nothing happened. I mean, it was, it's happening, like trickling and stuff, but the big move yeah. happened right after uh, Biden was confirmed by the Electoral College. Well, I now, actually, John, if you really think about it, the censorship has been going on a lot longer than yeah. that. In right. the way of in bits and pieces. Yeah. I mean, just look at these fact checks. They're only doing the fact checks to conservative topics and things like that. And then if you yeah. actually read the fact checks, and this is what I, because I love to go in and read those fact checks. Okay. Why are they saying this article is wrong or false? If you actually go in and read them, there might be just one little slippery truth in there. Bam. This is false. Right. Like the one with Biden, right? There's the meme that going around with Biden at, um, I can't remember his name, the KKK leader's uh, funeral. Right. Robert say, Byrne. There you go. Thank you. And they're saying, well, this is false information. If you actually go in and read it, all it says is that Robert Byrd was not a grand dragon of the KKK, but he was a KKK leader. Right. But if you look at the meme, the meme actually doesn't say a grand dragon of the KKK. It says a leader in the KKK. Yeah, he was a leader. Well, like, you read those fact checks. Yeah. Right. He wasn't a grand dragon because the grand dragon is like the the president of the KKK, but he was right. like the leader of the state of West Virginia. Right. Still pretty high, uh, high up in the KKK. Right. Right. But if you just read that fact check banner and you just see that it says mostly false or completely false, then you're going to just dismiss it and say, okay, it must not be true. Well, that's most it. People have yeah. Time to go in and read that fact check. No, that's a good point because Tom, we've become a headline society. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We don't even crack the articles open. We read the headlines and the headlines, uh, they're not always 100% accurate. <laughs> they may push a narrative, but then you read the article and you're like, wait a minute, that doesn't even line up with what the headline says. Right. Exactly. It's shocking off. Right. It is. It, it that's, is only it's, shocking off because that right. is how you get clicks. It's clickbait to get you to go in and read it. And it's clickbait for your side. You know, how do they want you to perceive it? Is it going to make me angry? Oh, let me click this. Yeah. And do you notice all the ads on the page when you go in to read the article? They oh, just made yeah. a lot of money because you clicked on that. Now, Tom, right. you sent me a video of a dude dressed in black using an American flag to bash windows open in the Capitol. Two guys. What's two that? guys dressed in black. Yeah, two guys dressed in black. Now, I'm sure you probably pulled that off CNN, right? Oh, yeah. It was all over the place on CNN and, uh, you know, MSNBC. <laughs> I just think th this is an important uh, video. I want to show it before we before we wrap up. But let me share my screen real quick. Oh, come on. There we go. I know it's tiny. I don't know if I can make it any bigger. But uh, you see the guy there standing over the thing, and he's literally using an American flag to bash. And look how the rest of the crowd is dressed. These, are the, these two guys are dressed completely in black. Yeah, the rest of the crowd around them is in, you know, obviously their red uh, "Make America Great Again" hats and you know patriotic colors and everything else like that. These are the only two dressed completely in black, and nobody was even near them. Like the, that one dude came over, but nobody's right. joining in. No, in fact, they get broken up here in just a second. You can see you can get pulled off of the Capitol. Yeah, people stop but, them uh, from doing it. Those are Antifa. Those are not Trump supporters. I don't, I will go to my grave believing that. Yeah. But because the Hill reports that the FBI finds no evidence of Antifa being involved, obviously <laughs> that's gospel and Antifa wasn't there. Right. Just like there was no evidence of, uh, of the uh, 
Sorry about that. Of the uh, voter fraud, right? Am I allowed to say that on YouTube? Am I allowed to say voter fraud? <laughs> right. I don't know. I do find it funny if you go in and try and watch this show after that, we get this uh, nice big warning uh, in front of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're we're rated R. Yeah. What is it? False information or violent violent content or something like that? <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it is it bad that I'm proud of that rating? Not at all. Job, <laughs> no, I, I see that as an honor, a badge of honor, in my opinion. Oh my goodness. Well, listen, I got I got to wrap it up. Uh, we got to get rolling. Um, I really appreciate everybody that was in the chat room. I'll go through Jennifer. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for being a uh, an avid listener, conservative Texan. Uh, you win the award today for the best. Uh, instant messages. Uh, we, we had Michael uh, Barraza that was in the room and uh, he, I didn't read his quote, but it says the U S uh, has a dishonest government in the media and news outlets and FBI, CIA and DOJ. Where do we go from here? That's a great question. Great question. We've got to educate. We've got to, we've got to fight back, but not, not physically. We've got to beat yep. them in the realm of uh, intelligence. Uh, we had Royce, more, uh, I think that's the person I just said, right? Um, no, that's Royce Moy Barasa. Oh, okay. These are these are uh, part of my family, John. They, oh, gotcha. They, okay. <laughs> all right. The, the extended family. My wife's family. parents. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, Paul Daniel Sullivan was in the room. George Guzman was in the room. He's a good friend of mine, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So um, uh, Paul Daniel Sullivan, I said him. But yeah, anyway. Uh, I appreciate everybody being here. I appreciate you, Tom, being part of the show. And Julia, of course, uh, coming all the way out here from Queen Creek to be in the Say What You Will radio studios with with us every Wednesday night. And uh, we just we just got to keep, keep fighting back. We got to call a spade a spade. We got to call BS when we see it. And we've got to challenge people. And we gotta be, we've got to do it and not be afraid. So we've got to have the courage to do it. You know... One quick story. Yes. One of the most, um, one of the things that stuck with me most in my whole life, I was driving, I think I was, I was like 90, 1999 or 2000, right? Give or take a year or two. Um, I was driving through my hometown in Arkansas and I went home and made sure to, to pass the, um, the courthouse, which was also the jail and the library and um, everything else because it was a small town in Arkansas. And um, I, I specifically drove by there because the the courthouse had given out a um, permit and it, it was contested, but it, they sta- stood by it. There was a KKK rally on the lawn and the steps of the courthouse. And mm-hmm. um, they all came down from Harrison, Arkansas, which is still to this day huge KKK uh, stronghold and um, they wanted to do a KKK rally and they did. They marched through the streets. Thousands of people showed up. They had the white hats on and everything. And um, I I didn't attend it, but I, I drove by it because I was in disbelief. You know, I was like, geez, it's turn of the century. And there's a KKK rally in my town with a permit from the courthouse. And on the way home, um, like two doors down from the courthouse on the other side, there's this pink house and it's to this day pink. It was a barber shop on the downstairs and I think a gay couple lived upstairs and it was fluorescent pink. It's a Victorian house. It's well known in town. And on the fence, there was these big letters, the, the height of the, the fence. Um, I, 
I think it's still there. It was like, it's kind of like a landmark in my town. And the, the fence said, teach tolerance. And of course, 99, 2000, that's when the gay and lesbian community was really trying to get, you know, out and, and accepted and less in the closet and um, mm-hmm. turning point for them. And, and it said, teach tolerance. And I, and then like a, one block down from that was the church I went to, which was Second Baptist Church, which Baptist Southern Baptist churches are not very um, tolerant. Um, so I just remember it used to make me so mad to pass that sign, teach tolerance, because I've I've always been very much so of the belief that everyone is unique and it's the uniqueness that makes this world beautiful. So as long as you're not hurting someone be you, you know, and, and, and the teach tolerance always made me so mad because I I thought, you know, they're doing this wrong. You don't tolerate something that's good. You tolerate something that's bad, but you learn to live with it. And, and you don't tolerate anything that's not inherently bad. And I thought about, and I, I, to this day, wish I would have, I thought about at, 17 18 walking into this place and saying i have a problem with your fence (laughs) um because what it should have said was teach acceptance because there's nothing inherently bad about a gay person and they were going after the wrong thing and to this day whether it's political or any kind of difference religious whatever at some point, we have to realize that tolerance is never going to work. Acceptance no. is what we have to have. But I'll say this too, and uh, because you and I may may see this a little bit differently, uh, I I should not, as a human being, be forced to accept anything. That's my decision. Acceptance sure. has to come from. That's got to be a personal decision. So when you tell me that I've got to, not you personally, but the, sure. the, the plural you, if you tell me that I have to accept someone based on something that I happen to believe is biblic- biblically incorrect, then I'm going to have a problem with you because now what you're trying to do is you're trying to force your narrative or your way of seeing life on me. And But no. I don't agree with that whatsoever. But I don't want you to accept his choice. I want you to accept him. Of course. And I don't think people, I mean, of course there's going to be people that don't accept people. You're, there's always going to be some sort of community was well, HIV AIDS there where, you know, they were all lepers and yeah, you know, well, you mean like we're being treated now with COVID. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You don't wear a mask. You're you're a virus yourself. Right. Right. (laughs) But all I'm saying is that, Having having a uh, anti gay stance, not the person, but the sure. the lifestyle, that is a valid belief system. It's been around for thousands of years, mm-hmm. and uh, just because you know society is more woke now, doesn't mean I need to conform or give up my the way I you know my ideology. So, mm-hmm. and that's what acceptance is. They want. They want full acceptance, and this is something that's pushed from the left and intolerance, whatever word you want to use. It's a way to control people, and if you don't, then that's exactly where we're at today. If you don't buy into the narrative, you get canceled. Right. And that's scary. But I think it has, and maybe religion might 
be a slightly more um, a better example. But just like you're not a Muslim. Nope. But you and you do not have you do not accept the beliefs of the Muslim religion, the Muslim faith. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that you can't accept the Muslim people. That's right. But and I will tell you, and, and maybe this is wrong, <laughs> but if 20 of them show up on my airplane, I'm going to be nervous. I'm sorry. I just am. And I'm, and I have the right to be now. I can't get in their face and tell them they've got to get off the plane. Right. That's my decision. Yes. If I don't feel comfortable, I get off the plane. And at that point, you're tolerating them. I'm I'm allowing them their freedom to fly. Right. I'm not inhibiting that anyway. You're accepting that they're different from you, mm-hmm. and you're going to let them live their life. Go for it. It's it's like liberals. I might not agree with someone that has an extremely liberal view, but I accept them. I value them as a person, and and. It's the same reason I don't go to gay bathhouses. Right. <laughs> You're not going to see me. <laughs> you don't have to walk in there. They can go to the gay bathhouse all day long. Right. But don't don't try to destroy me or force me to lose my job because I won't go to the gay bathhouse. Right. Right. No, I fully agree. See what I mean? And and yeah, it's it's just I think this country needs to focus more on acceptance than tolerance, though not acceptance of their beliefs, but acceptance of the people. Yeah. Yeah, and Jennifer, that's exactly right. I think we all agree on that. I think it's right. just the way we say it. Because in my in my faith, it it specifically teaches in the Bible that you are to love those who your enemies. It's easy to love those who love you back. That's easy. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do that. Right. Even the, even the nasty, even the evil people do that. But you're to love those who, you know, that despise you. You're to love your enemies because it's like dumping a heap of ashes on their head. So it, it's basically loving them is what they can't stand. Right. Right. And so I live by that. And I'm totally okay with that. I just don't want to be told how to live or behave, you know, based on someone else's religion or whatever. I don't have to accept it. Not accept their beliefs, but accept that there are other religions in this world. Yeah. You know? Oh, I trust me. It's a difference between internal acceptance and external acceptance. You know, you don't have to believe in their values on the inside, but as long as you treat them as a person, you know, I, I don't, I don't care what somebody is to be perfectly honest with you. If they come to me, they're a good person. I, I right. care about sure. nothing else, mm-hmm. you know, now they may have values that inside I don't like, sure. you know, that doesn't mean I have to accept internally, accept their values, right. but I'm going to externally right. accept the person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't go out and beat someone up. You can't physically hurt someone or private property because you oppose whatever they believe in. You can't go burn down a mosque. You can't go burn down a church and think it's okay. And anybody right. that does that type of stuff should go to prison. Anybody right. that put lays a hand on another human being because they're for whatever reason should go to prison. You know, but it's not a crime in my opinion if I step onto a bus and there's a bunch of people on there I don't feel comfortable with for whatever reason and I turn around and leave that bus that doesn't make me a bad person that just makes me you made a choice different yeah it's it's fine you know it's fine to be different i I just think that we all of a sudden 
we've turned into a, a, a country that can't even tolerate. Like we spent so much time saying teach tolerance mm-hmm. and pass that sign every day. And we yeah. aren't tolerant in this country anymore. And until we start to, to find some acceptance and not only tolerate the mosque that just came into the neighborhood, but learn to accept the people and accept that they are going to practice their faith in their place of worship and be a as part of As long as they're accepting back. It's got to be a two-way street. Oh, absolutely. Every, right? every time, sure. It's got to be a two-way street. Yeah. Let's end it on that. Uh, maybe that's a discussion for another day. Tom, thanks for being here. Everyone in the room, thanks for being here. Uh, this show is nothing without the viewers. So uh, you guys are everything, and we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. Uh, keep fighting, but be nice to each other. And until next week, God bless. God bless.